welcome to our podcast, um, where I'm joined today by Sarah Roper, Chartered Legal Executive at Manda Hadley. Hi, Sarah. Hello. So we're going to be talking about um, court hearings specifically. Now, the current remote system for family law hearings has been in place since the coronavirus uh, pandemic began back in spring 2020, with stay-at-home measures introduced and obviously social distancing becoming commonplace. Um, What I want to talk about in this podcast is how the changes have affected the system of dealing particularly with family law matters. Um, And hopefully, Sarah, you'll be able to answer some of the questions that we have and also have a look at whether some of the changes that have been introduced actually might be here to stay. So just to give some background, um, how were hearings dealt with prior to the pandemic? So... Prior to the pandemic, court hearings were dealt with in a very traditional way, where the parties would attend the court building very often at the same time as several others who had hearings listed at the same time. So you would be in a very full waiting room and very often your hearing would be listed at the same time as other hearings. There would be pre-hearing discussions between parties and advocates and then ordinarily the parties would go before a judge to have their matter heard. Unfortunately family courtrooms are very often small and which is something that I wouldn't want us to consider at the moment. In Children Act matters there would be the presence of CAFCAS who are the family court advisors and they assist the parties And in financial matters, the parties would have the opportunity to potentially negotiate with one another at court to try and see if they could resolve matters. And this would very often involve parties going back and forth with one another to see if an agreement would be reached. Let's just say there was a lot of face to face contact. This time last year, who would have thought that it was going to be possible to deal with court hearings through a remote platform? And although there was some initial teething problems whilst we all adapted to this way of working, remote hearings are working well. It is understandable that some clients might be apprehensive and about not being in the same room as a judge or their representative, but we have learned that remote platforms now available allow communication to take place effectively. There are still some circumstances when it's going to be necessary for there to be face-to-face hearings or hybrid hearings. A hybrid hearing is where some parties may have a physical presence at court and others might be using a remote platform. Okay, so how are court hearings now being dealt with? Um, are, Are they being dealt with remotely for all matters, both children and financial? For now, the default position is that family court hearings, where practicable, will be held remotely using either phone or video calls. There are certain hearings which can be dealt with by paper. And a recent example I have of this is a Children Act matter where the justice's legal advisor gave written directions for the conduct of the matter without having the usual first hearing at court, known as a first hearing and dispute resolution appointment. There are still some certain circumstances where a court-based hearing is necessary in order to ensure fairness and in the interests of justice. This would be more so the case if there was a contested hearing and also public law hearings where there are children in the care system. Hearings of this nature very often have several parties and experts which require there to be a face-to-face hearing. 
Where such a hearing is safe to take place, you might need to attend in person. Decisions about whether to hold proceedings in court will be made by the judge, the magistrates or a panel. The decision maker will consider whether audio or video testimony is suitable for the matters at stake and the issues they might present for those taking part in the hearing. I would say over the last six months, the efficiency and technological capabilities of the courts and those facilitating the hearings are vastly improving. Cases are being heard, and this is eradicating practitioners' time spent traveling to court and waiting around for a case to start. This has reduced costs for clients, sometimes significantly. The practical benefits of remote hearings are evident, and they seem to be, on the whole, working well. So looking at um, the technology, how is a remote hearing arranged and what sort of technology would they be using? So usually the court will notify the legal representatives or the parties as to how the hearing will take place. Remote hearings are being conducted using a variety of communication methods and the tools that are used will depend on the, requ the requirements of the hearing. These can be emails between the parties, telephone conference technology, which is provided by BT Meet Me, or a court video link system. This can be Microsoft Teams or the Kinley Cloud video platform. So from your experience, Sarah, do you think that remote hearings work as intended? I think they are working well. Technology is allowing this to happen. We are trying to reenact what would happen at a court hearing. Prior to a hearing, you would always have pre-hearing discussions with your legal representative at court. The same happens, but this is being done through a remote platform. There are very often negotiations at court to try and resolve matters. This still happens, but usually over the telephone, video or email. The London School of Economics conducted a study evaluating video hearings in July 2020, and they identified that most cases that proceeded by video hearing were completed successfully. The court cannot generate a video hearing without having all of the parties' email addresses and that potentially initially caused problems. There have also been recorded instances where the hearing could not proceed due to technology faults. I have spoken to two clients who had chosen to represent themselves in video hearings and they'd not been able to join the hearing as a result of different technological problems. In one instance, the court postponed one hearing to a later date. However, in the other instance, the court dismissed the application out of hand, which has been made, which left the person who had made the application incredibly frustrated, as this meant he had to make a further application. And this again delayed the time that he had been able to spend with his children. A recent video court hearing almost failed to take place as the client couldn't join the video hearing. In this instance, the client was represented by a barrister who was able to join the video hearing and a workaround was found by the barrister video calling the client from his mobile to enable to speak to the clients and allow the client to indirectly participate and provide instructions. It wasn't ideal, but the hearing went ahead, which prevented the matter from being delayed. So what are the changes that the parties and representatives are faced with? Um, for example, do clients feel that their voices have been heard? I would say that the majority of remote hearings have been delivered effectively with just and fair outcomes. Some family law practitioners will feel that remote hearings are not always the ideal format for determining such significant issues for many people's lives. 
In order to avoid significant delay, in some circumstances, the hearings do need to proceed. So do those on the receiving end of remote hearings perceive that justice has been delivered on their case? I think that for those practitioners dealing with remote hearings, the view is that there would be no difference in the outcome of the case, whether it was heard remotely or in person. But that is not necessarily the observation of the client, particularly if the outcome of the hearing has not been favourable. That's interesting. So why can the perception of justice be so different between practitioners and, and their clients in these cases? For many clients, attendance at the court hearing comes at the pinnacle of their case. Important and key decisions are being made that will affect their lives, such as how much time they spend with their children, how much they will receive following a financial application. You have to question whether the seriousness of the issues at hand really can transport effectively to a virtual court arena. Judges and family law practitioners may well believe that they do. Looking at this from a layperson's perspective and that as an applicant or a respondent in a family application, the change of the physical stage from the court bench to the virtual screen might not bring with it the formality of a courtroom. The government has published helpful guidance on what to do and what to expect, including practical advice on making sure devices are fully charged or plugged in and to sit in a space that's quiet and private. But we have to accept that in many remote cases, the formality of court hearings is lost and arguably that's what impacts client the most. Perhaps the most important consideration for clients is that they feel that their voices have been heard and that justice has been done, particularly in circumstances where the judge cannot be seen in the flesh or where a client sees their ex-partner on screen sitting at a familiar kitchen table. This is something that must be borne in mind for family law practitioners, particularly going forward when remote hearings are now the default position for the time being. This can be really scary for clients and this reinforces the importance of having a legal representative to assist who is familiar with dealing with remote hearings and to ensure that a client's voice is heard. We, we know that the atmosphere of the courtroom cannot transfer to a virtual screen. My role as a family law practitioner is to ensure that my client feels that their voice is heard and that the relationship with their advisors is not in any way affected by the fact that they are not sitting next to them whilst their case is being heard. So what do you think can be done about that? It's a tricky terrain and the courts, the judiciary and the family law practitioners are all grappling their way through it. And we, we fully appreciate that a client's perception of what is happening may differ entirely from how a practitioner is viewing it. It is a challenge for all involved and with remote working and remote hearings being the default for the time being, clients need to be reassured that they are receiving the best support from us to ensure that empathy and fairness are conveyed and their voices are being heard. So in your view, um, Sarah, will remote hearings continue in the future? I think that they will, perhaps not for all types of hearings, but certainly for directions hearings or first appointment hearings. It will become the norm and I expect that in years to come, we will wonder why we weren't dealing with remote hearings prior to the pandemic. It's certainly cost effective and time efficient uh, for dealing with cases, which is of great benefit to all of our clients. Okay, Sarah, thanks very much um, for your, your thoughts and considerations on, on the podcast. 
Um, for anybody listening to this who wants to get hold of Sarah, details of her contact details are in our editor's notes, which accompany the podcast. Um, or you can contact Sarah through the website at mandahadley.co.uk. Um, Sarah, thanks very much. You're welcome.